Welcome to Studio One. If you like what you see, like and subscribe and comment. You look a lot like my friend. <laughs> Now that I see you on camera, I'm like, okay, that's weird. <laughs> that's, I hope that's a good thing. <laughs> oh yeah, we're gonna get into it. He also cares a lot about his uh, his own culture, and 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 that's why when I saw your profile, it reminded me a lot of him. How are you doing? How's I'm the- doing pretty good. Uh, It's actually, uh, it's, it's weird. The weather is kind of on and off right now. It's a really heavy rain, then it'll stop for a bit. But uh, other than that, I'm doing good, man. How about you? Not bad. It's just hot and not a guy heat stroke yesterday, but I'm doing fine. Okay. So thank you for coming on to Studio One. We're an artist platform showcasing diverse genres and stories. My name is Mike. Can you please introduce yourself? For sure. Uh, so my name is Chris Chant. Uh, I'm a 21-year-old alternative R&B slash pop artist from Toronto, Ontario. Um, yeah, thank you guys for having me, and uh, thank you for just taking the time to do this. This is awesome. <laughs> likewise, likewise. So in your Spotify bio, you mentioned that you fell in love with music at the age of five. You also mentioned that music ran in the family. Your grandparents being performers. Is that how you caught the music bug? Yeah, I, I would say that that's. Uh, That's a big reason as to how I got the music bug. Um, honestly, like you know, everyone can do something musically oriented in my family, so I feel like it's something I couldn't escape. But at the same time, I feel like it's something I probably would have wanted to do, um, you know, in the future. Was it any records that that really? Because um, a lot of people growing up, they listen to whatever their parents are playing or their siblings are showing you. What were you listening to at a really young age, or what were you exposed to? Uh, so, um, my dad first. Long story short, my dad came to Canada uh, like I think in the '80s. So I was basically just put onto a lot of music my dad would listen to, and that he would hear in like you know the clubs and all this kind of stuff. Um, so you know, I'm I'm listening to like you know stuff like Michael Jackson, you know, very upbeat and uh, very groovy, and you know, hard to not like. You know what I mean? And uh, even some softer stuff, like you know the Beatles, for example. I, um, there's an album called The Love Album, and uh, at a very young age, it was just a uh, you know once you hit play, it's kind of just like a you're just in this different world, and uh, that's something that I've really gravitated towards too, because I've always loved you know kind of creating my own world and you know something that people can experience and be a part of. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, get lost in for sure. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So, which part of Toronto did you grow up in? Um, so technically, I grew up in like, uh, like, well, I was born in St. Michael's Hospital, so right downtown. Um, but, uh, you know, after I was born, we kind of like just moved around like Scarborough, kind of like uh, I grew up on like around Kennedy Road, moved to like Pickering, Ajax, just kind of uh, thrown all over the place. <laughs> yeah, we we landed in uh, Asian Court in 04. And we've been other places. But now we're back here and we're finally settled. So Nice. Yeah, just, uh, how do you like it? How do you like it? I don't know anything different, really. It's when I get around close to the area, I feel really at home. Um, it's home, really. Yeah. You also mentioned that most of your heroes didn't look like you. I can certainly relate to that. Uh, growing up, who inspired you? Who were those heroes? Well, honestly, um, the people that inspired me that looked like me weren't necessarily. Indian slash Canadian artists. They're more just strictly on the, you know, on the east and like on the east side from India. You know what I mean? Like artists like Ravi Shankar and um, you know what I mean? Like all these old, like you know, 
not necessarily old, but like they've got a very classical sound. And uh, even uh, guys like A.R.A. Mon, he's done a lot of um, scoring stuff. He's worked with a lot of people. And I'm just like, you know what? He's from where I'm from. If he can do it, why can't I? You know what I mean? And like it stuck, always stuck with me as a kid. And I was just like, you know what? I don't necessarily have to conform to, you know, what everyone's doing. Yeah, I can make the same kind of music, but it doesn't necessarily have to look like this certain person or a certain sound. You know what I mean? So I don't know. And I think I think that's about, you know, the couple of people that have really like kind of stood out for me that kind of look like me. You mentioned some, um, I'm guessing, icons of um, your culture. So Bollywood culture is blowing up. It has been I guess, slowly blowing up compared to something like K-pop where it just exploded like madness. But Bollywood is coming very close to the mainstream. A lot of Hollywood people are getting into it and people from the Chinese film industry are getting into it. Do you think that it's on the verge of, of going mainstream or what do you think about the... Uh... Um, I think it's only, only going to go up just with the generation that we, that we live in, right? Um, Honestly, you know, things tend to blow up a bit more than they did back in the day, right? And, um, you know, especially a lot of Bollywood movies and songs are trying to follow certain trends that they might have seen or, like, you know, heard from, like, you know, the the Western side of music and um, art in general, right? So I think there's, it's only a matter of time where, and uh, especially, you know, like uh, Priyanka Chopra and Nick Jonas marrying. It's just like, it's, it's, it's little things like that that kind of, like, bring the universes together if that makes sense and i i think it'll only uh, I, th- I think it'll only get better with time is indie music and and r&b making a, a rise in, in in india and your peers um because it looks like just from the internet like i guess vice documentaries there's a huge hip-hop boom right, right. now in the recent years right I, I i personally think right now at the moment um I think R&B and indie music are slowly creeping into the scene, if that makes sense. I think right now it is, um, like you said, uh, it's mostly hip hop at the moment, I, I think at least. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious just to see, you know, some R&B acts and like, you know, some indie alternative stuff coming from India, because that would be a very interesting take and I'd love to hear it. <laughs> this is kind of uh, coming from my perspective. So growing up as a Chinese immigrant, I saw a divide between those on well, my peers that wanted to hold on to their culture and those who wanted to assimilate as soon as possible. Is that for the same that you saw? Growing up, I, I didn't really, I wasn't really hanging around with uh, too many people that look like me just because I grew up in a place, it was mostly, you know, white kids, black kids, and even just like um, Asian people as well. So it was a very multi, multi-cultured and, uh, you know, just a different vibe than what my family would be. Like, you know, when it's just my family, you know, it's just a bunch of people that look like me right but you know going to school and you know hanging out with your buddies I didn't really hang out with people that look like me just because at, at a young age I, I was very just like I don't know like I don't know if I was nervous or if I was anxious to be like making friends with people that look like me I don't know I was a very quiet shy kid. <laughs> Did you feel kind of isolated because there was a lot a lot of people um, because you guys in high school I went to North and it was just all white people um, for the first couple of days, it was pretty horrible, but like they took me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so did you have a similar experience and which crowds did you fall into? Well, for me, the crowds that I fell into were more, um, I'd say like the, the skater, the skater kid, um, kind of the kids you see smoking in the back kind of crowd. That's what I, 
started off as in high school and uh, not even high school, even in elementary school, I was, I mean, not smoking at that age, but I mean, I was, I was definitely, you know, um, you know, that skater kid who listened to rock music and, you know, play hockey and all that kind of, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, like when I was at a young age, I didn't really see uh, people that look like me doing that kind of stuff. So I just assumed like, hey, like this is where I, where I, at least I think I fit in. So I'm going to stick around here just because it feels comfortable. And like I said, I was a shy kid. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have necessarily like made the first move to like say what up. It was more like if the situation happened where I'm just like, I have to say hi, then I will. And like, it'll progress from there. But yeah, no, I was very shy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I kind of just fell in with the, uh, the, the nerdy Asian kids. Yeah. And uh, in middle school, I picked up, like people pointed me out because we were, it was a very suburban area. People pointed like, Hey, stop trying to sound like, stop trying to talk black. And like, I realized myself too, like I was like 13, 14, like, Oh, okay. This is not what I should be doing. But I just, I felt so much more related to hip-hop culture than well i think a lot of asian kids do yeah like i was weird i, I realized i was like that one weirdo like even the black kids were probably like what is this guy like to stop <laughs> stop doing all that yeah it was awkward time awkward time for sure honestly it man that now that i think about it you know now that i've you know gotten older and i've you know even like just gone through just experiences in life right i just realized like you know what I think being weird is the new normal now. You know what I mean? I think if you're, if you're not weird, then it's like, oh, what's up with that guy? Or what's up with that girl? You know, mm-hmm. I think I think it's, uh, I think we got to embrace that weirdness. You know what I mean? At, at first, when I was younger, I'd be like, shit, I'm weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, I guess I'm kind of like this, uh, not outcast, but like this outsider. But now I'm just like, you know what? We're all kind of outsiders in our own way. And uh, yeah, we just got to embrace that shit. <laughs> So this might be a kind of weird question, but on uh, March 24, you tweeted that being single is a bittersweet feeling. So I, I don't know what it's like not being single. So all I know is that bittersweet feeling sometimes. So uh, can you go into that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I totally forgot about that tweet. I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised you brought it up. But uh, no, it's like I said, I like being single is a is a bittersweet feeling just because you know it's 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 nice to be single and to you know work on yourself and you know kind of just learn about who you are right as a person and just um you know get more knowledge on yourself but at the same time i always feel like it's it's nice to have that person that you can um you know you know go back to at the end of the day there's that person that makes you feel wanted and i'm not saying like your family doesn't make you feel wanted or your friends don't but it's just like it's a different connection you know what i mean and uh it's it's nice to have you know what i mean and uh shout out anyone that does get to experience that but at the same time yeah like i said it's not it's not bad being single but it's like damn it would be nice to be in a relationship sometimes <laughs> from the summer of uh, this might be more sleuthing for my part from the summer of 2019 to the summer of 2020 you posted on your photo work on your photography instagram account i was into photography for a while about a year or two um, sort of fell into it because I wanted to work in music and I had a camera. So I, I at least stood out. Uh, right. Do you still partake in photography? Uh, yeah. So um, I, I still do here and there, but I actually, yeah, I started taking photography around uh, I'd say grade 10 or 11. There was just a, 
I don't know. I've just been in love with all, all of the arts. You know what I mean? They all have their, um, they're all, you know, some are different in some ways, but at the same time, I don't know. I just gravitate toward anything art related. And I think, you know, at first I was like, okay, I like making music. What can I go to next that I find interesting? Right. And I think photography slash film was one of them just because it's like, you know, you're capturing a moment in time and time is a very valuable thing. Right. And the photo you took just becomes priceless. You know what I mean? And I think having that kind of thought, I was just like, you know what? I, and same like you said, like I wanted to take, you know, concert photos and stuff like that. Cause like for me, I love live music and stuff. So, you know, capturing that moment and uh, that feeling and experience, I think it would, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So, you know, I said, and I still continue to take photos. I actually took like, I think like a year, like a year off from taking photos just cause um you know COVID and stuff and I just wanted to be safe and you know just take proper precautions but uh you know as things are slowly opening up I definitely want to get back into like you know uh, you know taking photos for other artists producers any creatives or even if you're not a creative you know let's I just like I'm just a people's person even though I'm shy if that makes sense <laughs> I don't know it's weird is there is there like a fly in the wall do you prefer to be a fly in the wall or or do you just like to capture moments? Um, honestly, I, I think it's a bit of both. Um, I do like being a fly on the wall where, where I can capture the moment. You know what I mean? Like very, um, I guess, genuine shots are very like, you know, like pretend I'm not even there. You know what I mean? Like I'll just be in the background and people are doing, you know, what they would do on, you know, just it's just real and just pure. And uh, I don't know, I just like, and sometimes it doesn't even matter, even if I'm not in the in the background, I don't mind, you know, just even just like, you know, taking photos just normally, you know what I mean? I just, it's just fun to just take photos and just um, just collaborate with people. You know what I mean? It's, it's, uh, it's a fun thing. Yeah. What do you shoot with? Uh, so I shoot with a Canon, uh, Canon Rebel TX DSLR at the moment. Um, reason as to why is just because uh, is the cheapest camera I could find. And uh, I, I used that camera when I was in high school in my photography class. So I was already kind of used to, uh, you know, the settings and the controls and just how it felt and how it worked. So I was like, you know what, let me, let me start off with this, um, you know, get used to the lenses, all the, you know, different kinds of, you know, film and whatnot. And um, yeah, just go from there. And uh, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better, you know, with taking photos and editing. And that's the thing. I don't even edit on my laptop. I'm very different. I edit like on like photo apps on my phone just because I don't know, I just like the way it looks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I just try to get it to, you know, as nice as possible as to how I like it. And um, yeah, that's, that's a pretty much it. I, I, this is the only camera I have at the moment, but I definitely do want to like explore and find some new, new experiments. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you, you mentioned DSLR because I was afraid you were going to film. I wouldn't know nothing about film. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. I started with a 60D and I still have it and uh, uh, excellent camera. It's a tank. Um, I think I might've started a little more. I think I should have started with a Rebel or something because it was it's lighter. Um, but now I have an A6500 and because I haven't been shooting, it's kind of just, I'm looking at it right there. Great <laughs> camera. Uh, ISO performance is great. But like, if you like, I don't know if you need word advice. Yeah, perfectly fine shooting with whatever camera you have, especially photography. Like, just ride it until it dies because, like, I don't know. I just really appreciate when people hold on to the tech they have. Right. Yeah. And honestly, and that's the thing, too. Like, I've always been a big believer in, um, 
you know, use what you have to its full advantage. You know what I mean? Like even like before I even uh, had a camera, like I would just use my iPhone. You know what I mean? It's just like, hey, I could still capture this moment and, and it's it'll still be there. But it's just like I, I know people are like trying to go for that more professional look and like, you know, a bit more higher quality. So it's totally understandable. But um, especially shout out Apple. But like, you know, the cameras are getting so much nicer, too. Like, even if my camera's dead on the side there, it's like, OK, I can use this as my backup. And you know what I mean? It's, it's totally fine. You know what I mean? I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Every time uh, before I used to borrow my friend's iPhone or I see other people's pictures like, did what camera did you shoot? They're like, oh, I've and uh, switched an iPhone recently. And I don't really, yeah, I don't really need to go back to camera really. Cause I just, it's not like I'm going for something super profound, but now I'm like, oh man, I'm itching for the pro. Like the pro has like <laughs> lens, like, but um, like you said, I, I guess I appreciate people that, that, you know use what they have but i'm i'm i kind of just spend whatever i have <laughs> yeah. uh you mentioned that you you want to capture concert performances which concerts are the most memorable because we've all haven't seen anything in a while right right um well before covid you know ruined everyone's plans mm-hmm. um I, I was very big into any honestly any kind of live music i would you know you know of course go to like big concerts i go to like um festivals like oshiega or oshiaga however however you pronounce it but uh yeah um even stuff like that i would go to i don't know if you've heard of the place called the rex um it's like this jazz yeah yeah so i i love i love jazz music so um i'd always just go in there and um just listen to whoever's there and just ask them if i could take photos and just just capture you know any kind of vibe or moments um you know that i felt was right and um yeah always nine times out of ten you know the band is always cool with it so it's always a nice experience and i can't wait to get back you know to you know seeing anyone live you know what i mean then not not virtually you know what i mean because I'm, I'm a bit over that I think. and especially especially because i go to school for music too so i'm already seeing live virtual performances 24 7 so it'd be refreshing to be, you know, outside, you know, and being present and, and seeing people perform. <laughs> Where do you go to a uh, school for music? Uh, I go to Centennial College. Uh, it's Danforth. Yeah. I went to Humber for my bachelor's and we have a big music program there too. And uh, the studio price is just exorbitant. Like it blows my mind. <laughs> like it's offensive to me, but uh, they have their recitals and I think they're, prepping for performances and uh, like we would pass by their wing and it's just like beautiful music there was also once once where we kind of wandered into someone's uh, i think they're having a quartet or something uh, right. performance and my friend was just astounded my friend that kind of looks like you <laughs> yeah. music nerd um yeah just some beautiful moments with music so how did you get your start with uh, tomboy records oh that's a good question actually uh so uh, Cass and I, uh, one half of the, well, she's half of the Tomboy Records, but uh, Cass and I actually met uh, in my first year of like uh, the first college I went to. And uh, that was like Durham College in Oshawa. And uh, it was like a music business program. And uh, even when I started, I was kind of a little iffy, but you know, my dad told me I had to go to, go to school for something. And you know what I mean? So I was like, all right, let me try this out and I'll see how I like it. But uh 
I realized I, I, I'm not the management type. I know it's good to learn those kind of things, but I realized I'm an artist. You know what I mean? I'm, I like to perform for people. You know what I mean? And like, if you give me, if you give me like a guitar or any kind of instrument, just go tell me to go sing in front of people, I'll do it. But it's like, I, I'm not the numbers guy, you know what I mean? And, and the statistics and all that, even though it is good to learn that kind of stuff, you know, if you're trying to do things for yourself and whatnot, it is good to learn. And I have slowly been doing that through this new program that I'm in. But um, yeah, Cass and I, we met um, while we were in class. And um, I remember I dropped out and I, I saw, you know, a couple of artists that I that I really liked. And uh, I saw they're part of Tomboy Records. And I was like, how can I be a part of this? So I reached out to them through DM and I found out, I was like, oh, this is uh, Cass. I went to school with you. What's up? Mm-hmm. And uh, I sent her like a couple of songs that I worked on and uh yeah, they, they took me in and uh, we've we've been together ever since. And uh, yeah, hopefully stick stick together for a while. <laughs> Good story. Yeah, funny enough, um, I went to school with Kea. I don't know if you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were classmates and awesome. she wasn't in class a lot, but I think we both made it out just fun. I skip a lot of school too. Um, cool people, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, Kea, Kea, is another, Kea is another gem, man. Yeah, no, both of them, both of them are like, they're solid, man. Like I, I genuinely think Tomboy Records is gonna be big. Like, like I and I've always told them them. I've told them that from the start. Like ever since like um, I was, you know, I just signed. I just I was like, you know what? Like, where you know, you guys are gonna get the proper recognition that you guys deserve. Because one, you got you guys are it's women led. You know what I mean? And it's something that you don't really see in the music industry, actually at all. I think <laughs> you know what I mean. So. I, I love that they're doing something different. You know, they're taking something that's, you know, been done before the whole label thing and they're they're doing it their way. You know what I mean? And I fuck with it so much. So I for them to, you know, include me in their roster, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome, man. I can't wait to like see what goals and accomplishes accomplishments that, you know, we mark on and check off, you know, it's only up from here, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I checked out all you guys' music, and yeah, of course, you guys work on each other's music, so it all felt like a very, and I'm an R&B guy, so it all felt very like it was supposed to happen. Yeah, and um, yeah, I can't, can't wait for your success. But um, how what was it like being featured on a uh, Lyrical Lemonade article? Oh, man, that was, uh, that was crazy, just because uh, I, I grew up watching, like when I was in high school, I, I would I watched I lyrical lyrical lemonade when uh, it first became a thing, just like when it wasn't even popping. You know what I mean? I, I remember I watched Cole Bennett. Um, he'd bring like, you know, before he brought Juice World, and he would bring artists on. I'd be like, you know what, this is this is fire. Like what he's doing, this is a great concept and a great idea. And uh, yeah, you know, it was just very entertaining. So at, a, at you know when I was in high school, that was just what I watched with my little brother, just finding new um artists to just check out and uh yeah it's it's very surreal to have an article uh you know just lyrical lemonade and chris chan like when i see that i'm like holy shit that's that's me <laughs> you know what i mean so it's definitely a dream come true and uh you know shout out to chuck um as a buddy slash writer from from lyrical lemonade so he's been he's been very helpful and very supportive um you know with the releases so uh, i appreciate his help Shout out Chuck if you see this. Yeah, and and now Lyrical Lemonade to have their own like entire festival. It's like right, that's insane. And how everything moves so quickly and so well over right. the years. Yeah. 
So in that article, you mentioned that your single, Shine, wanted to show someone coming out of darkness through music. So do you use music to relieve uh, pain? I do. I actually, uh, as, as sad, as sad, well, it's not really that sad. Everyone's got their own outlet slash way of doing things. Um, my, my way is, you know, you know, when I'm sad, anxious, or, you know, when I'm just feeling down, like music is definitely an outlet, whether that's listening to it or creating it. And I think it, it, it usually starts off with uh, lyrics because, you know, a good exercise when you know, when you're feeling anxious and when you're feeling down is you, you know, write out whatever's on your mind. And uh, for me, I've always been um, like a big believer, not even a big believer, but I've just been used to like, you know, not putting the pen off the paper, just kind of write and whatever comes out, comes out. And, um, you know, after a couple of days when I'm not so pissed off, <laughs> I'll, I'll look at what I wrote and I'll be like, okay, like that can work with this. And like, are like, like you know think of this situation and how can you create an experience people can either relate to or just vibe to you know what i mean you don't necessarily have to have gone through the situation but it's like if you have then it's like just know that you know you're not alone and that's like there's others that have felt like this but you know here's a catchy beat to go along with it <laughs> i i like how you mentioned yeah there's no shame in uh using you know, music's really fun because I do the same. Um, when I, yeah, when I'm bored or when I have something going on, I write it down, write everything down. Um, and I don't really, I don't, it, it kind of just stays on the Google Doc, but it still is quite therapeutic. And I, 100%. And that's the thing. I've always, uh, for me, like, you know, especially, you know, when I'm, when I'm not feeling too great, I'll like, and I've written down some stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll crumple up the paper. If, if I don't think it's, it's going to be useful to me. Uh, you know, if, if I think I'm going to be dwelling on it too much, I'll just write it down and I'll crumple it up and just throw it out and just be like, all right, that's, that's all bullshit. You know what I mean? Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. You know what I think? Um, it, it's, it's very therapeutic, but uh, yeah, even before uh, making music, I wanted to be, I wanted to be like, a, a, I think I forget it's a musical therapist. I forget what it's called, but uh, yeah, it's basically you just play music for people that are going through a tough time and the, you know, just make them feel better before they unfortunately pass away or, you know, you know, just uh, anything goes wrong. Talk about your newest single, Your Heart. Uh, to me, it's a bop, but what does it mean to you? Wait a second. I'm just going to switch your room real quick. But yeah, so for me, um, Your Heart is definitely like, I'd say it's an experience where, I mean, you don't necessarily have to have gone through it, like I said, but um, I don't know if it's... I don't know for me it's definitely an experience about you know having to go through um indecisive love I guess I I think you know sometimes you don't know whether, whether or not the person is right for you and I think you know trying to take a risk or take that chance is a is is very it's it's, it's risky you know what I mean and sometimes uh sometimes scary so I don't know for me I wanted to kind of you know portray not even portray but kind of show that experience but not make it too sad you know what I mean so I think um you know especially having Hamlet you know do the beat and making it very warm and happy I think it kind of helped you know kind of just you know help make it what it is you know what I mean and I, it's it's definitely a bop like to me like I think it's definitely one of the catchiest songs that I've that I've released so far and I can't wait till um you know everyone else hears the EP just because uh 
although this is one of my favorite songs that I've released, I can't wait for like the other songs to be released and for everyone to experience them. Cause in my opinion, they're, it, it's definitely a big jump from what I've, what I've done in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, funny enough. Um, uh, Hamlet's uh, I think manager reached out to me about um, well, he, he's reached out to me for a while about interviewing him and uh, his collaborator. They just seem like very soulful dudes. You meant you mentioned working with him, how, how he, he spiced up the track, but uh, what was it like working with Hamlet? Oh man, it was actually really, really easy. He made a very, very, it was a very smooth process just because for me, I hadn't, I think that was the first time I'd been in a studio with another artist uh, or slash producer. And I think that was the first time I'd ever like, you know, kind of not even, I think, you know, opened up to another person and kind of like, you know, done that before. And um, yeah, no, he made it very easy for me. You know, you'd say like, you know, do this harmony here. And I'd be like, oh shit, you know, this is very helpful just because, I mean, if he wasn't there, I, I'm not too sure how the track would have sounded. I feel like it would have probably, it wouldn't have been as full. So um, yeah, no, I appreciate him for, everything he's done on the track because like even uh before he before we would book studio time hamlet and uh hamlet and i actually made the beat at a studio the first day we met and um yeah he's very inviting very very nice very genuine guy and um yeah no i just appreciate his energy in the studio and outside of it yeah so you you uh you just mentioned um uh the ep that you're working on what is the theme and if you could share the title of the EP. So the title of the EP is called Indigo. And uh, the reason as to why uh, I called it Indigo is just because of the psychology of the color. And I've noticed um, with the, like at least reading up on it when I was younger, Indigo has a lot to do with like, if I'm not mistaken, like kind of look like self-awareness, I think. And uh, for me, it's, it's something that I haven't, like done when I was younger but uh you know growing up of course you know you kind of reflect and analyze and um yeah I guess the theme of the EP is is about you know moving on and realizing that like you know at the end of the day it, you, you got to be there for yourself you know what I mean like it, it it's gonna people are gonna come and go but at the end of the day like you gotta you gotta bump yourself up and you gotta hype yourself up and uh make sure you're good first before you before you make sure anybody else is good yeah and uh, are you on are you finishing the album or is it is it coming along or so, so at the moment um it, it, it it's i mean we've got a base right now i mean before i said i was at 90 like at least 75 to 80 percent but uh I, I i you know because of my perfectionism and i want everything to sound great uh I knocked it back down a couple percentages and it's back at like 50, 60%. And, and it's not, it's not necessarily like I'm stripping away a lot of the parts in the songs, but it's more like I'm going back, um, you know, in the listening sessions uh, after a while. So I just want to make sure, you know, it sounds how I want it to sound just because, you know, with going, going to school for, um, for music, it's definitely, definitely such a positive and a, a bonus that I can, you know, bring these certain skill sets into my own music right and I don't know I think it, it, it it's only a matter of time before I figure out what I want to what I wanted to you know sound like and uh for me a big thing is uh is the transitions between each song I want everything to kind of sound like it's 
it's all big one big world like once you hit play on the intro everything kind of just flows into each other even though it's like one song was happy but now the other one's sad it's like how do i collide these two worlds together and i think you know with just listening and just being a student and you know and just kind of taking in you know different projects especially from toronto because toronto is slept on in my opinion we have so much talent it's unbelievable in my opinion i think we're we're more popping like at the moment toronto is more popping than like la at the moment you know what i mean and and that's a thing that i love just because you know not only because i'm because i'm from toronto because i'm an artist too so to see our city you know getting that recognition i don't know i think it's it's cool and i i i personally like i don't know i want to shout out like sean leon like milo because I, I i saw the project i'm not even saw i listened to the projects that they released recently and i'm just like this this is sonically beautiful because I, I don't know they they hit it with the feels they hit it with the beats and the production but it's just i don't know everything is so well done so it's just like how can i take away from all this and uh you know put it towards my own music yeah. Yeah. You mentioned a lot there. Yeah. I certainly agree that Toronto has, if not more talent or more excitement, more building, more potential than, than, you know, a giant like LA. A lot of people in the past have mentioned or people in certain uh, genres, they, they talk about how the, the music industry in, well, here is a lot like crabs in a bucket, but it sounds like maybe because you're pretty young uh, maybe that's changing in the in the industry because it sounds like from your perspective there is a lot of mutual love and appreciation yeah i think uh, and and you mean like in terms of like mutual love in like toronto itself right among toronto artists big upping each other and supporting each other i think to a certain degree um there is love but i think you know with any city um and you know in the music industry i think there will be some people that see um you know the music game as an as a competition and uh it's unfortunate because i think you know it's i think this is you know if we're all if 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 we're all trying to make it out of here which is something that i love to see like you know like and it's it's a big influence from actually um the revenge of the dreamers project that j cole put out and you know you see all these artists and super talented and you know they're putting their pieces um you know their body sweat and tears into all this project so i'm just like well, if these guys can do it for one project, I'm sure, you know, like, you know, people in different cities can do this just in general with everyone's not even career, but with the releases that they put out. Right. But um, yeah, no, for the most part, I do see people big up and, you know, like they're always hyping other people up and always, you know, just showing love and support. And that's what I love. I love when people are, are like, you know, in unison and uh, everyone's connected together like that. And um, it's only a matter of time, you know, before, people stop sleeping and realizing that and you know they want to join the join the team which is fine we'll let them in right <laughs> but uh yeah no I definitely think for the most part people do show love you know we're used to saying like making it out of here making it out of here but we all we also think we're we're the shit essentially we're, we also think that and we are like the weekend Drake like it's it's undeniable so you think you think Toronto is going to be one of those places where people actually go to in the future instead of us moving out Hundred percent. I, I definitely think Toronto is going to be a hub for, um, you know, big, big up and coming acts. And it, and I already think that's slowly already happening. If not, it's already happened. You know what I mean? Um, honestly, just like artists like Looney. You know what I mean? And um, we we have a lot of fucking talent potential, 
And uh, it's only a matter of time, like I said, before people recognize that. And I think, you know, like places like LA and Atlanta, like, yeah, we're competitive, like we're a competition with them. But I think like Toronto could be like a new LA, like people would want to fly to Toronto to work on music just because, you know, like you said, we have Drake, The Weeknd, and you know what I mean? Like Justin Bieber, Shawn Mendes, and all these artists that have like, you know, put in for the city, you know what I mean? And I think it's, like I said, it's only a matter of time before that love is um, shown back in the city from other people. We know you're working on finishing Indigo and can't wait to love your music. Uh, the, the most recent single was really great. Like you said, really therapeutic and uh, can't wait to see what happens next with you and Tomboy and yeah, thank you for so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. It really means a lot. And um, yeah, no, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah. So me, let's uh, talk in the DM. I feel like, yeah, you remind me a lot of this. Might be weird, but like, yeah, you remind me a lot of my friend. He's a perfectionist. Like he was working on music for a while. He's such a perfectionist, doesn't put anything out. Um, no, so. I know. I know people like that, but. Some of my family members are like that, but uh, yeah, I'm like the first one to actually release it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, can't can't wait to uh, talk to you again, and uh, yeah, have a good night. 100%, man. Thank you again, and have a good one. Studio One.